What's up guys? It's Joe and welcome to the Donut Box, where we unbox stories and talk about things we usually don't talk about. Today I want to talk about something a little bit more personal, a little bit more to my heart, share a little bit of my story. This is because I posted a TikTok video recently and I got this comment. It said, you got thinner. I mean this is a compliment. Hearts to a healthy relationship with food. It got me feeling a lot of specific ways and we will talk about that in a bit. But mostly because I know that I've lost weight, but it was unintentional weight loss. And it was because I've been going through something stressful mentally and physically. So I want to share this with you guys because maybe you've noticed it. Maybe you're curious or maybe you're going through the same thing. And I feel like talking about it is going to be a way to release it. So let's unbox this story. All right. So first off, what did I feel when I saw that comment? A few things. Number one is I felt a little bit validated. Validated for the wrong reasons, because the reason why I lost weight was, of course, not the healthiest things. But I felt like, oh, maybe I should keep doing this. Like, I'll just keep it up, you know, because I'm getting compliments off of it. And the other side of it was that I felt scared. Because again, recently I haven't been able to nourish myself the best way. We'll get into it a little bit more in a bit. But then that fear comes in where what if I gain the weight back when I'm able to nourish myself again? What if it comes back and then I'm no longer complimented and I'm no longer validated? And all of these feelings. So these are like the initial thoughts coming to my mind, which just made me feel all sorts of ways. Like, you know, my disordered eating brain tells me it's good to be thin. It's good to be as skinny as possible. But my rational brain is telling me that I need to eat and nourish myself again because I haven't been doing that. Okay, so now on to why I'm not able to nourish myself. This story dates back dates back this started about last year around this time actually like june to july because if you haven't heard already i've talked about this a few times on the podcast my instagram one of my sisters was diagnosed with um cancer last year and that is diffused large b-cell lymphoma she's great now she's doing great she's in remission she also is one of the strongest cancer patients i've ever seen like literally she never had any moments where she threw up she was always high energy even more high energy than me and things like that anyways she did great but what we don't talk about enough i think is the toll that cancer takes on you mentally and not just for the patient but for everyone the family the people all of that and not to make this about me but this is basically sharing how big of an impact it was, which I didn't think it was. Like, I didn't think it was a really big impact because I was like, I mean, yes, my sister, my sibling has cancer. My mom passed away from cancer. It was very, very scary, of course, in that time. She was so strong. You know, she was just so good throughout the process. She was so powerful throughout the process that I felt like, hmm, okay, it's all good. We're all good. So I didn't think of how big of a toll it took on me until recently. So ever since she was diagnosed, I was pretty much her like caregiver, caretaker, a little bit till now, but she's got it all now. She's got it. But yeah, I would bring her to the hospital for her blood test, went with her through all of her radiotherapy sessions, went through the hospital for every chemo session, 
things like that. And in the beginning, it was really hard because schedules were sporadic. And I have work and things like that. So I had to reschedule a lot of stuff. I had to cancel a few things. For the whole time that she had to constantly go back and forth to the hospital, there were projects that I didn't take and things like that because I, I didn't know if I would be able to do them mentally and physically. It just took this toll of like you're just focused and you're constantly on high alert. Like your body is just constantly stressed, even if you're not like physically like saying, okay, I'm stressed. Like your mind is stressed, so you're just stressed. You know, there's just tension going on. And when I'm stressed, I don't eat because my appetite gets suppressed. And I know some people who are get stressed, they, they have like a bigger appetite, they eat more. So everybody is different. But me, literally, I got so like my appetite was so suppressed. I was so stressed. I would barely eat. And something about me is that I have acid reflux, which could also be GERD because Elijah said that I probably have GERD. Because GERD is something that you can actually just clinically diagnose, like based on symptoms. And I have most of the GERD symptoms. Acid reflux, heartburn, diarrhea, constipation, bloating, you know, those kinds of things. I have them. So I don't want to say that I have GERD, but I might have GERD. I'm just going to say I have acid reflux because I've never been really fully diagnosed. But anyways, I've had acid reflux since I was a kid. Like when I was seven, there's this time where my stomach just hurts so badly. Like it was so intense pain. And every time my stomach hurts, I think it's appendicitis. So I searched like, what side is the pain of appendicitis? You know, it was so painful. I think it lasted like one or two days before my mom rushed me to the ER and when we were in the ER, or actually, I don't think I went to the ER. I think I just went to the, the doctor. So it was Children's Hospital, and I went to the doctor, did the, the exam, things like that, gave me a medicine, so I had to eat so I could take the medicine. But as soon as I ate, I threw it up, and it was just like a stressful day. The small things I remember about my childhood, essentially. Anyways, that pretty much affected me for a long time, but I don't have many memories of that until recently. I think that my disordered eating really aggravated this because I wasn't eating, I was constantly working out, things like that. I think it really pushed my acid reflux to another limit. But last year, I have struggled eating. My struggles are number one, I don't know what to eat because I don't have the mental capacity to think of what to eat. Number two, I don't have the energy to cook. I don't have the energy at all to cook. And number three, even if I like the food or even if I've thought of what to eat, I just can't finish my food. So I've been struggling eating, having a hard time getting into the rhythm and the pattern. There's so many meals that I just forego and be like, you know what? You don't need to eat that because you're just tired. And then it's suddenly 4 p.m. and then I haven't eaten lunch. And then the acid hits. When was it? Like the end of last year? I think it was the end of last year. I had to take antacids now. So I had to take proton inhibitors and antacids because it came to the point where as soon as I woke up in the morning... I would be burping and burping and burping. My tummy would be grumbling. I couldn't do things because my stomach hurt, because my acid reflux was there. It came to that like intense point where I just couldn't, I could not function. So I had to take proton inhibitors. I had to take um, omeprazole for 14 days and then another 30 day cycle and another seven days. It got better, but then it also kept getting worse. And it made it harder for me to eat. There was even a point where Whenever I would eat something, I would throw it up. Not intentionally, but I would just throw it up. I don't know why. Like mid-eating, I would stop and I would just feel it backflowing and then it would come out and it would hurt so hard and it would cause more acid. And I don't know what the triggers were because they were often very different situations. 
One time it was because I didn't eat lunch. The other time it was just because it was like eggplant or something. Like it was so different. So I didn't understand it. And then it just kept happening. It was so hard because then I would be afraid to eat because I was afraid that it would come out. And then I kind of got better because I was taking the omeprazole and then omeprazole lasted for a bit. But then another stressor hit, which was earlier this year when my dad got his cancer scare for prostate cancer. So trauma hit all over again. Just as we had finished with all of my sister's cycles, we hit another slump. Luckily, it was benign through all of the biopsies and things, but I was also the one who went with him. It was another stress high alert, couldn't nourish myself, things like that. So it just like came back. Everything just happened again and it just kept on happening. I remember one of the episodes I had in this, the podcast, which was how to get unstuck when you're stuck. I'm now realizing that I wasn't really stuck. I was just low energy because I hadn't fed myself and I was just constantly stressed. And it was just a really intense time of my life. You know, like one of those like big hard times in your life. And if there's anything that I wish to be taken away from this video, it's that you can do everything when it comes to self-care. You can have your habits in check. You can work on your relationship with food. But there will be times in your life where something happens and it's going to hit you hard. And it's going to make it so hard to have time, energy, or even motivation to take care of yourself. The will to do those things, it's not going to be there. And it sucks. But it's okay, because that's life, unfortunately. And I think when we say about like showing up for yourself, it doesn't mean that you have to get on your like stuff every single day, but that every day you show up with kindness and compassion and care and the willingness to do whatever you can, however your capacity is at that moment. So if it's ordering food out, if it's skipping all of your workouts, if it's just lying in bed, if that is what's going to get you through at the moment, it's okay. I don't know if it's going to get better. <laughs> we don't really know that, but we can keep trying. So yeah, hopefully I'll come to a point where I feel better because I do need the energy to play tennis and do all of the other things that I really want to do. And hopefully we'll get there. But for now, we are taking it slow. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. I hope that it was helpful for you in any way on your journey. If you're struggling, going through the same thing, let me know. Message me. Let's talk about it. I think I think we need to talk about this. But yeah, if you like this episode, don't forget to follow the Donut Box podcast on Spotify. You can also follow us on Instagram at the Donut Box Pod. You can follow me at It's Joe Sebastian on Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok, or at HealWithJoe.rnd on Instagram for more nutrition things. The Donut Box is an Anima Podcast podcast, and you can follow them for the latest pods. Thank you so much again for listening, and don't forget, you always deserve to eat. Bye!